Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Well, welcome back to the Dwell Podcast, everybody. It's your host, Natalie Abbott, and I am so excited about our verse this month, and I'm excited to be talking to our guest this month. So our verse comes from Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, and it says this, We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. So we're going to be talking about really focusing in on the Lord today. We're going to be talking about paying attention to who he is and what he has for us in our lives. How do we hear his voice? How do we listen to him? And I'm so excited to have Emma May McDaniels with me today. She is going to be chatting with me about our verse and what's going on in her life and how how she pays attention to the Lord. So welcome, Emma. Thank you so much, Natalie. I'm so thankful that I get to spend time with you today and talk about this this verse, talk about the word. I am honored. Oh, I'm just glad that you're here with us. Um, I recently was on Emma's podcast, which is so fun. Um, but I told her there, and I want you, I want our listeners to know this too. Um, I have been for the last several months been going through one of her books with my two teenage daughters. Um, it's called All Caps You, and it's it's technically a devotional. Um, but we have been reading through it together and going through the questions, and it has just been the richest. Mm-hmm conversations. And so just, I just want to say thank you, Emma, for stepping out and doing that and putting that out there for, uh, especially for younger audiences. It's so relatable and just so helpful to like, think about who we are in Christ. And it has just, it has blessed me so much and my daughters. So thank you. Wow. You're welcome. That's so cool to hear you say something my dad told me once is, Emma, the Holy Spirit doesn't have an age. And therefore, there is no age that he cannot reach. And Mm. so there's a really sweet, overwhelming sense of joy that I feel whenever I hear a mama talk with me about how she's been going through this book with her daughters. And they both, like all of y'all, have been encouraged in the word together. Mm -hmm. Because I think that really just speaks that you're never too young or too old to not be ministered to and moved by the Lord. And so that's just so sweet to hear that God has been doing that through this book. That's beautiful. Yeah, it has just been wonderful. I've really loved it. And I feel like they're at such critical ages for mm-hmm. um, discovering who they are and coming into um, womanhood, you know, and what does that mean? And and um, just th- those questions of identity and being rooted um, in Christ and just just being rooted in the word of God. Um, it has been just such a, a wonderful experience to go through together. So I, we'll put a link to that in this episode. So those of you mamas out there or you gals who want to do this with your mama or with somebody who's, you know, an older person, um, even with your peers, I would just highly, highly recommend it as a, as a really great exercise in just mm-hmm. 
figuring out who you are and who God says you are and, and finding your confidence in Christ. So this is just so great. I'm so glad to have you here. <laughs> Such a it. fan. <laughs> oh, ditto. We're fans of each other. <laughs> yes. Yes. So awesome. Okay. So Emma, I want my, I want our listeners to know a little bit about you. Who are you? I mean, clearly you are a writer. Um, you also host a podcast, but give us a little bit of insight into who MMA McDaniel Daniels is formerly Jenkins. Um, for those of yes. you who maybe are looking at that book and going, but her name is different. <laughs> so you've yes. had a big life event this year. Yes, it has been so sweet. I my name is Emma May, and I actually it's crazy that we're in the summer now because I just my husband and I both just graduated from Liberty University in Lynchburg, Yay! Virginia. Congratulations! Which is wild. Yes. So <laughs> I just graduated with a degree in Christian leadership and church ministries with a focus in women's leadership. And um, I love what I do. I am so thankful because I grew up in a home that, as for us in our house, we serve the Lord. But I believe mm. that no matter who you grow up with as your parents, no matter what your background is as you grow up, there comes a point in time where you are going to have to give an account for what you believed and why you lived the life that you lived. And nobody else Mm. can answer that for you. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to, you're going to be the one to give that answer. And I remember whenever I was about 14 years old and I, I remember praying to the Lord that I wanted to know him personally. And there was a really, really sweet, deep dive in my life that happened in that in that mm. time where I just began to know him personally, spending time in his word. And from then on, so many things have happened where I, as you said, now like I do get to host a podcast and I do have a YouTube channel and I travel and I teach the word of God and I have a clothing line where we put scripture on clothes to help yes. people be reminded of who God is and who they are in him just when they're getting dressed and ready for the day. Um, But all of it, the mm. things that people see and the things that people don't see, it's all because of the very reason it started and that is to know God and to make him known and um, regardless of what titles or platforms or positions come with that that's Mm. the heartbeat of what we're doing and why we're doing it I love that I love to hear just your passion and your excitement Um, I met Emma not not very long ago um, about about a year ago and I was just so drawn to her just light. Like she is just a a bright light and just such a joy. Um, so I couldn't, I couldn't give more credence to what you're saying, Emma. And, and I think it's a beautiful thing that, that you've at such a young age started to like at 14, you're already tapping into, you know, who God wants you to be and who he's created you to be and given you gifts to do and um, has, has laid out before you this path for you to walk in. And I just think, I think that's so awesome that you are pursuing that path and um, just so excited for the blessings that God has for you. Thank you. In the Thank years you. ahead, I can't wait to to hear. Now, you have a new book coming out. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And I could talk about that for days on end. <laughs> I have a book coming out June 28th, so okay. literally this month. And yeah. it is you are realizing who you are because of who God is. And really the heart in that is that we all crave confidence and clarity. No matter who you meet, you will find 
like people who are craving confidence about who they are and clarity about why they're here. And yeah. we're craving that because we were made for it. Like there is a there's a valid reason why we all want it. It's because we were made to have confidence and clarity. But yeah. we're seeing so many people wrestle with chaos and insecurity because the very thing they were made for, they're looking for it in all the wrong sources. Because we can't find confidence and clarity about who we are and why we're here apart from the very one who made us and gave us our purpose. And so the yes. whole part of the book is to encourage you in the reality of who you're not, who you're, who you are, and what you were made for all rooted in the reality of who God is. So I'm mm. very excited about it. <laughs> it sounds amazing. Okay, so so give us a, a brief, um, like, pull the, pull the curtain back for us just a second. You said um, it's about who you are not, who you yes. are. And, and, so I, and then the third one was who you are in Christ. Is that right? The third one is who, what you were made to do, what you, what were, you made were made for. to do. Okay, what yes. you're made for. So if you had to give us one sentence answers for each of those things, what would you say? Can you? <laughs> oh, that's so good. There's So the way the book is laid out, there's 30 chapters, and 10 mm-hmm. of those are for you are nots, 10 of those are oh, for you okay. ours, and 10 yeah. of those are for you are made fors. So okay. that Ooh. is quite difficult, but <laughs> I think... Maybe give us your top couple give, for each category. Yeah, yeah. I can totally do that. Yeah. So. For you are not, honestly, the first one that came to my mind is one that may cause us to take a step back and say, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of them is you are not enough. And mm. that sounds a little confusing because we hear the opposite of that in our culture and even in church, like you are enough just as an encouragement. But I right. think I I want to emphasize this that I'm not saying you are not pretty enough or or any anything that's taking away your value what I am saying though and when I say you are not enough is I'm hoping it brings relief to you because in the reality of you not being enough it is why the gospel is our hope Mm. it's because while we were not enough while we chose to rebel and go against our maker the very god who made us and is worthy of our praise and our full attention we were drifted away drifted away we did allow our attention to be drawn away from everything except for him and because of that we couldn't be in relationship with him anymore because he's a holy and perfect god we were Mm -hmm. not enough nothing we did our righteousness is like rags isaiah says Mm -hmm. like even Mm -hmm. our best the best of the best wasn't enough to be in relationship with a perfect god and he loved us so much though that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to be enough for us. He is the righteous one. He was perfect when none of us could be. He did have his full attention locked on the Father when all of our attention was pulled away. And because of that, he now allowed us by faith in him because he died the death we deserve through our our sin. He was buried and he rose again from the grave. And now all who believe in him, we can have relationship with God as we were made to have we can have confidence we can have clarity in our identity and our purpose um and i think a real appreciation for who jesus is and what he has done for me first comes with the humbling reality of i wasn't enough and praise mm. god that he was on my behalf and he yeah. still saw me worth dying for um mm. So yeah, I I feel like I just spent a long time in that, but I feel like that <laughs> statement kind of needs some explanation when you yeah. hear it. Cause it's no, like, wait, I think that's what? a great, yes, I love hearing yeah. that. 
It, it's, I mean, it should be great news to us because I think so oftentimes, yes. you know, in our culture, we're told we've got to, we do have to be enough. We do have mm-hmm. to, you know, pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. We can, you know, dream a dream and make it come true. Um, but what happens when we, when we don't, what happens when we fail? What, what happens when we look in the mirror and we're like, everybody else might think that I'm awesome, but I know who I really am. Um, and I think deep down, we know that we, there's something missing that we need, um, that we aren't enough and that we need somebody to be enough for us. So I love that point. That's such a great one. Yeah. So you are not, that is one of them. Mm. Um, one of the you are's is, wow, there's so many. Um, one of the you are's is that this is very simple, but it is that you are loved. And Mm. I really hope that people hear that it's kind of tied with the, you are not enough, but you are so loved and nothing in all of creation can separate you from the love of God. Nothing you could ever do would make him love you more. He's loved you with an everlasting love. And he demonstrated his perfect love for us when we gave him every reason not to. Um, Mm. And I'm just so thankful. I pray that you would rest in that today, that you are loved by God and his love never fails. Um, And then in the last 10 of you are made for, one of the ones that came to my mind out of the 10 that you asked, whenever you asked me was, you are made to wonder. And I love this one because I really feel like we can often be so weighed down by the pressure of feeling like we're supposed to know it all. Even when it comes to our conversation today regarding knowing scripture, regarding knowing the word of God, sometimes we miss the joy of learning God's word because we feel like we're supposed to already know everything. And so I really encourage a childlike faith in this chapter, a childlike faith in this chapter, because whenever we, whenever we realize that life is a journey of learning and his ways the lord's ways are higher than our ways his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and we can constantly seek and find and he's constantly revealing us to us great and unsearchable things we don't know as we call on him it's Mm. such a fun journey of constant awe and constant wonder so i hope that that chapter really honestly a lot of those i pray pray bring relief of Mm. wait one, I'm not supposed to know it all, but what an encouragement to keep leaning in and learning because life is full of it. <laughs> mm. I just love that, Emma. I cannot <laughs> wait to read your book. Oh, that is going to be so great. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, so I have, I've loved your other two books and I can't wait for this next one. Hey, are you loving this month's verse, but you want a little bit more? Let me tell you, Every week, we write a devotional email, and we post it on our blog online at dwelldifferently.com, and you can also sign up with your email there to get it every single Monday in your Monday morning email, just a little devotional to get your week started off right. So go over to dwelldifferently.com and sign up for our weekly email. Okay, well, I want to start digging into our verse, but before we do, I have a question for you. Um, Yes. Do you think you have a good or a bad attention span? <laughs> Wait, <that's laughs> and, and I know that you just graduated college, so I feel like <laughs> you should be able to say, yes, I do have a great attention span because I sit through classes all day and I write papers and all this stuff, but I don't know. What do you think? I I mean, to be honest, I, I kind of feel like I have a pretty good attention span. Mm-hmm. I asked my husband, Josh, this though before I hopped on because I was just reflecting on the verse and the like just 
what we're talking about regarding attention span. And he was like, I think that you do, except for, <laughs> we're very honest with each other. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, except, you know, Emma, we can be having like a really serious conversation. And just right in the middle of it, you'll just say, so what do you want to have for supper? <laughs> and so, and I don't think he's uh, wrong. I think sometimes uh, thinking about food distracts me, no matter how <laughs> serious a conversation may be. Uh, but for the most part, I would say I have a pretty good attention span. <laughs> oh, that's great. That reminds me, my husband is always getting on to me because I have this problem where if someone says like accidentally the lyrics to a song, I will start to sing that part of the song, <laughs> and which is which can be fun and whatever. But like if we are having a serious conversation and he says something and I just break into song, he's like, seriously, we are having a real conversation now. And I'm like, oh, I know you're right. I really have to like bite my tongue sometimes because I'm like, he's going to feel disrespected. He's going to feel like I'm not listening to him. But he did just say the lyrics too, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I love that. Yeah, it's it's just a silly, silly thing. I, I, I don't know why I do it so and I can't help funny. myself. And, and if I'm in a, like a normal jovial conversation, then typically I will break out to song. Of course. Where he's just like, of course, he's still like, Natalie, come on. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. This is who I am. It's who I am. Sometimes I tell him in the musical that is my life, he's the, he's the villain. Because <laughs> he's like, why are you always singing? And I'm like, because I'm happy. I don't know. <laughs> I so get that. That's so fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we're talking about this verse, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it again so people can have it like refresh in their mind. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. Okay, so I, I have a couple application questions, but before we hop into those, I just yeah. want to tell our listeners the context for this. So this is in Hebrews, and in the first chapter of Hebrews, it's talking about who Jesus is, right? That, yeah. you know, in, it says something like, you know, in the, in the days before now, God sent his prophets. And in all these different ways, they spoke to you in various ways and in various, um, through various signs or whatever. But now I've sent my son, right? And then he goes through and talks about how he um, is the image of, of God, that all things were made through him, that, you know, um, that he's, he's so much greater than the angels. And so then we get our verse. Therefore, mm -hmm. you know, we must pay most, the most careful attention to what we have heard. So you've got that therefore, that, which is why I wanted to just say this is the context of like all of the Old Testament, all of it, all the ways that God revealed himself, right? Now yeah. we finally have Jesus, God's own representative, his son, and how much greater he is than the angels and the prophets, right? Um, and so that's why we need to pay attention um, to what he says. But I feel like we are so easily distracted. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you, do you think that, I just feel like our society, we can be so distracted. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, if we have this, this amazing, beautiful relationship on offer to us, this love, like what you were talking about earlier, like yeah. God just loves us and he has such wonderful things for us. If that's what's true, then, you know, it's the, clearly we need this warning because it's in scripture, right? Mm -hmm. Why are yes. we so distracted, Emma? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a good question. I, I think of, I once heard a pastor say that 
remembrance leads to a deepening of faith. Mm. And amnesia leads to doubt. And he really just walked through so many different times within scripture that we see the Lord reminding his people of who he is, reminding his people of what he's done. Don't you remember that I delivered you out of Egypt? Don't you remember that I provided manna? That I, Don't you remember? Like mm. he's reminding them constantly because we are prone to forget. And whenever we forget, we're more likely to doubt who God is. We're more likely to doubt what he's able to do in our lives, who we are in him, all those things. And mm. and I don't know why that just came to my mind as you asked that question of what distractions and why do we get so easily distracted? And I think sometimes whenever we are distracted, it's because we have a moment of forgetfulness. We forget mm. what matters most. Mm. And when we forget what matters most, other things matter more to us. And our attention is drawn to those things that matter more to us Mm. and Mm. because yeah when I I was just thinking about like what matters to me and really the things that matter to me are the things that I'm going to pay the most careful attention to and while they may not be of most importance if they're of most importance to me at that moment my attention is on it and that can look different in so many in so many ways it can look like my attention is fully consumed with school and Mm -hmm. with work and with my to-do list and making sure that I have my assignments turned in, making sure that I work hard to get that promotion, making sure that I work hard to get that GPA. My attention Mm -hmm. can be consumed with, oh no, I'm single and I have to get in a relationship. I have to make sure that I get engaged. I have to make sure that I get married because if not, oh no, what is my life going to look like? And we're so consumed with my value and identity and my worth is found in whether or not my relationship status looks a certain way. And while like when you see a hindsight of 2020, those are just two examples. It can, sometimes it can look like for me, I know sometimes it can look like fear of what people are thinking. Like Mm -hmm. my attention can be so drawn away from just confidence and peace that I have in the Lord because I so badly want to make sure everybody's happy because Mm -hmm. I so badly am. Sometimes that can come too with, with, social media and having a podcast and having a lot of people follow you sometimes I have the thought cross through my mind more than I'd like to admit that oh no like and like what are people thinking of me am I portraying off like an an image that that they like and and all of those Mm -hmm. things and while there's a difference between loving people well and and giving people no reason to, I, I can't remember exactly what um, the writer says um, in the epistles, but he says like basically when people shame you, they're eventually going to be put to shame because there was nothing wrong to say about you. Like there's mm. one thing to live a yeah. life to, out of pleasing the Lord, I'm going to love people well. There's another thing to, am I here for the approval of people like Paul said? Or am I right. here for the approval of Christ? If I were here right. for the approval of people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And mm. so being consumed with fear of messing up and fear of what people will think of you and fear of not being portrayed a certain way, um, can that also can be a distraction of having our full attention on what really matters at the end of the day. Um mm. Yeah, so I really think the things that matter to me are the things that I'm going to give the most careful attention to, even if they may not be the most important. They're obviously the most important to me in that moment because that's where all my attention is. Yeah, I would say too, like even just thinking about how how do we know um, what it is that we're that we're focusing in on? Like, what is it that um, 
I'm paying the most careful attention to, we can know just by taking an inventory of how we spend our time, uh-huh. right? Yes. And what we're, what we're prioritizing. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I'm a mom and I tend to um, spend way more time doing things for my kids or taking my kids to things or whatever. And it's really easy. Or I can think of like people who are ill Um, where they have a, you know, something where they're constantly going to these medical appointments or, you know, there's just so many things Mm -hmm. that can, that, that aren't necessarily bad things, right? That's so true. But how do we balance, you know, I mean, obviously, Emma, you got to study for your finals and that's going to take a lot of time. So it's not bad for you to do that, but how do you prioritize the Lord? How do you pay careful attention to Mm -hmm. him when you've only got so much time in any given day? So what would you say, you know, as you look back on the, the season that you're, that you're just coming out of, of school, um, where I'm sure you've had so many busy times, how do you prioritize the Lord in those times? That's so good. You know, that makes me think of, um, of Jesus in Luke chapter five. Mm -hmm. And it says in Luke chapter five, verse 15, that, so many people like word is spreading and so many people are hearing about who Jesus is and more people are wanting his attention. More people are needing to be healed by him. More people are wanting his time. And that's what verse 15 consists of. But -hmm. then just one verse after in verse 16, it says, and Jesus would often withdraw to the wilderness for prayer. Mm. And I thought I've been thinking on that a lot lately because I think sometimes regardless of of what it may be, and as you said, it's not in and of itself a bad thing. Like our lives are just full. Life is full. Mm. Um, but I think sometimes the fullness of our lives, we can let that be an excuse as to why we can't spend time reading the word. We can't like, I just, I have too much on my plate today. I can't spend time with the Lord in prayer. And when I look at the life of Jesus, the busyness, the fullness of his life was an excuse as to why he he needed to prioritize Mm. going to be alone with the Lord in prayer. So I think that there's just a reverse there of like, instead of letting the so many distractions or the full schedule or the so many different things in your current season being why you can't spend time with God, let that be the reason why I need to spend time with God. Um, And uh, yeah, that's been something that I've been really encouraged by lately. And I've also realized that if we have a deep desire to spend time in the word, like, that sometimes I think can only get us so far. I think sometimes even if I want to spend time alone with the Lord, say it's in the morning so badly, sometimes I've noticed that even though I wanted to really bad, I still didn't because I didn't set aside time for it. Mm. And so I think just a practical encouragement would be just as if I'm wanting to like go set a coffee date with a friend or I'm needing to make sure I get my paper done on time. So I'm setting aside time each day throughout the week Mm. to work on it gradually. Like if I really want to spend time with the Lord, what would it look like to carve out an appointment? Like I'm going to set aside time to be with my God today because I know that something may come up. And so in order to protect that time, I'm going to carve it out. That's something practical that helps me. I love that. I actually was going to ask you that question. Um, so when you when you set aside that time, right? Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I do the same thing where it's like I've I've got to I've got to put this in my schedule or else 
it's not going to happen. And it doesn't, like, sometimes I think I, I tend to be more of a spontaneous person. Like, I just love to do spontaneous things. But if I allow my relationship with God to only be spontaneous, yeah, then I'm going to, I'm going to run, I'm going to run out of space for him sometimes. You know, I'm not going to have set it aside. I'm not going to have scheduled it. And it's just not going to happen as much yeah. as I love to have that spontaneous time. So I try very hard to still have spontaneous time with him, even though yeah. I also try to be regimented um, Both are about beautiful. it. <laughs> because, I mean, it's just like if you if you never made a date with Josh, Emma, I'm sure you guys would still do fun things together, right? But right. when life gets busy, if you don't put that on the calendar, it's going to happen a lot less, right? Yeah. Than if so you put true. that date on the calendar, right? Yes. I like how you um, talked about having a coffee date with friends. Like, yeah, you've got to set, you've got to be intentional about that time. You've got to set yeah. it aside and say, this is what I'm going to do because I value this person, right? Um, right? So when you do that, what is the long-term value of that intention that you set with the Lord saying, I'm going to do this. I'm spending this time. This is what I did. So why do that? Have you have you seen any benefit? <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. So the word of God is God's word, meaning like it's breathed by him. It's mm-hmm. like yes, it was written by so many different authors, but all of those authors were inspired by the Holy Spirit, by God himself. So those words were not written out of human wisdom. Like those were written from God through man and And so as I spend time in the word, the first long-term benefit that I have seen is I grow in my relationship with him. Mm -hmm. I learn more about who he is. And that also overflows into how I'm able to stand firm against the schemes of the evil one. It's almost like if I'm standing in a very dark room, this is kind of a funny example, but if I'm standing in a really dark room and Josh were to walk in the door and I didn't see him walk in, but he starts speaking. Well, I've been spending so much time with Josh and I know him so personally that even though I don't see him, I know him and Mm. I'm filled with joy because I recognize the sound of his voice. And so Mm. when I think about times that I'm in a dark place or I'm facing the temptation of the evil one, just as Jesus was in Matthew 4, as the enemy comes and tempts him in three different ways, every single time Jesus said, but it is written. But my God has said, yes. but he says, and, and in the same way we can do that because I know what my God's voice sounds like. So whenever mm-hmm. the evil one is speaking and in complete lies, as he always does, I'm able to discern that, wait, this is not, this is not line up with the voice of my God. And I'm yeah. able to respond by saying, no, but it is written. And respond with the truth that never returns void, that never fails me. So not only does spending time in the Lord, in the Lord's word and just with him grow my relationship with him. And not only does it equip me to stand firm against the schemes of the evil one with the sword of the spirit that is the word of God. But also it like helps me to invest into the lives of other people because mm. my mouth is going to speak that which fills my heart. And I don't want to give people things that only Emma can give because <laughs> my words, like our our glory is like the grass of the field and the flowers, like it will wither and it will fade. But the word of God stands forever. It mm-hmm. revives the soul. It is life to our bones. It is nourishing. It equips us for every good work and it makes us complete. And mm. 
I love you so much that that's what I want to give you. And so when not only does it benefit me in my own walk with the Lord, but it also equips me to help others in their walk with the Lord. And it helps me to encourage them with something that is authoritative and powerful because it is his word. So it's just cool. Like something I've noticed is that the love of God doesn't end with me, but it continues Mm. with me. My time with the Lord alone doesn't only end impact me but it impacts others just as jesus would go in the wilderness to pray alone i guarantee you it played a role his dependency on the father his intentionality to spend alone time with the father it overflowed into how he spent time everywhere else i love it i just love it emma yeah i just i feel like all of that really resonates with me especially what you're saying about it It doesn't end with you right um it actually starts with you and then it just keeps going and you're you're able to offer people life and joy yes. and wisdom that doesn't come from you, right? right. Um, it, the word of God makes wise the simple, right? And yes. um, not that I'm calling you simple, but... <laughs> no, you're I, so right. <laughs> we just don't have that. We don't have that yeah. in us. And when we're really spending time in God's word, um, it's going to come out of us and it's going to be mm-hmm. fruitful um, and do things that just are um, beautiful in our lives. So I have one more question for you. Um, just thinking about our verse. And and I think that this is this is where it it this is the most pernicious thing that I think we have a tendency to do as human beings. Um, and I love that our verse says talks about this. It says we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. Mm. And I just think we tend to be drifters. You know, we are, we're prone to wander. We are prone to, to, to slowly uh, drift off. And yeah. so what I would ask you, Emma, is how is that more dangerous than just turning our backs and be like, I don't, I'm not doing this? That's a great question. I think it's more dangerous because if I'm just intentionally running away or purposefully backing out, I am aware of what's going on. Right. Like I am making the personal decision to turn away and to leave. Whereas drifting, I once heard my friend share this visual, and I think about it every time I read this verse in Hebrews. Hmm. And it's this visual of whenever you're at the beach and you're in the ocean and you may be like hanging out near your family. You know how like you know where your family is based on what umbrella they have on the bank yeah. on the beach and <laughs> you're like hanging out and Sure enough, you look up maybe 15, 30 minutes later and you look out in the same direction that you thought your family was and they're not there. Like Mm. it's not their umbrella. And you look like, I don't know, 100 yards, like the length of a football field down the ocean shoreline and that's where their umbrella is. And it's like, (laughs) how did I get here? Like what? And I think that's the danger of drifting is because Mm. while running away is a – intentional purposeful act drifting away happens without our awareness like we're not even uh, aware of the fact that we've distanced ourselves from the lord until we look up and see that we have we're not aware when it's actually happening and Mm so yeah i think that's why this just so important to as we were just mentioning continuing to prioritize spending time with the lord and his word and meditating on his word and also not only spending time in the word but also i think having godly community 
in our lives is something Mm. that's just so key. When I was growing up in high school, we had a family motto in our house and our motto was Psalm 1 because Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. And then he goes on to talk about how you are blessed as you meditate on God's word and you're like a tree. But like that first part is what I want to hone in on now. Just the Mm the importance of community like woe to the man who falls and has no one to pick him up well in other words woe to the man who begins to drift away and doesn't have godly people who love them enough to call them out and bring them back in Mm -hmm. and so while yes it's so important to have those alone times with the father we are not supposed to go through life alone without other people around us to hold us accountable to sharpen us to motivate us in love and good deeds it's it's valuable we were made for community so i think definitely um that those are good things that help keep us from remembering and paying attention to the to the good news we've heard mm, i love that emma okay so that actually prompted one more question <laughs> Oh, yes. So I I really think what you were saying about woe to the man who doesn't have somebody to call them back, Mm -hmm. right? Um, In fact, just this morning I was reading about in the end of James, it talks about um, how how blessed you are if you are the person who calls back one sinner, right? Mm -hmm. That, That covers over a multitude of your own sins if you're willing to go for that person who has, has kind of run off and said, no, 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 I'm going to bring them back into the fold. Um, But I feel like that's such a hard thing to do. Is that Mm -hmm. something that you've ever done before, Emma, or is that something anybody's ever done for you? And, and what does that look like? Because I think that that's something Mm -hmm. that we don't do very often in our society. Even in our Christian circles, like we're just afraid to tell somebody, Hey, what you're doing I don't think it's the best. I don't think it's mm-hmm. for your thriving. I don't think it's it's what God would have you do. But gosh, that's such a hard conversation to have. Have yes. you ever been on what either the receiving or the the giving side of that type of conversation? Oh man. I I feel like whenever I think of those kinds of conversations, I think of conversations with my confidants, mm. <laughs> with my core people, like yeah. with my husband, with my mom, with my best, like a best friend where Mm. we just talk through all the things together. And I've had people call me out of Emma, like kind of like what I was referring to earlier, like the boundaries I shared, it wasn't just advice to give and not to take, like this is advice I'm taking myself. (laughs) Like I have people around me to hold me accountable to not make decisions based off of fear of what people Mm. are thinking of me. And Mm -hmm. I've had my people call me out and say, Emma, what, what has the Lord told you? And people may not like it and people, all people may not be okay with it, but what has the Lord said of you? Where is the Lord leading you? Lean Mm. into that. And then I've had conversations with my friends of like, yeah, that's, that's probably not the thought route that you want to go down because (laughs) that's probably going to just lead in overthinking and it's going to rob your time. And those Mm. seem like simple moments, but I think that kind of goes back to the importance of godly community where you can have those those conversations because I think whenever we take a risk of vulnerability and it's met with trust accountability is developed and that's Mm. where godly community thrives I think is when you have vulnerability met with trust and then you run together holding each other accountable Mm. and I do think that we it's a hard thing especially in our society to 
to help pull people back because it requires us to talk about the tough stuff and there is an opportunity of offense to be taken Mm -hmm. and I think we live in such a culture where if my feelings are hurt then you don't love me and actually right. what's so true is that if I love you, I'm will I'm willing to let your temporary feelings be hurt so mm. that you can have a secure footing and remain steadfast in the truth that I know you know. And mm. and so I think something so important, something that's coming to my mind is um is that love is not self seeking. Mm. And typically if I'm ever afraid of telling somebody who I love that they're drifting away I'm typically afraid that like oh no are they gonna like me are they gonna want to be my friend like how like am I gonna say the wrong words all of those things where when I'm depending on the Holy Spirit and I know that I've developed trust with this person and the Lord is guiding me like I don't know how the end result is going to happen. I don't know what temporary feelings may be hurt, but I know that an honest answer is like a warm hug and I don't Mm. want to give them a cold shoulder and I love them enough to put myself aside and say, Hey, um, and again, that comes with trust and vulnerability that leads us to hold each other accountable. Um, but yeah, those conversations are never easy. <laughs> I think that's yeah. why it takes <laughs> selflessness um, to do them. <laughs> well, and I like how you said these th- these are conversations that we're having with our closest people. Yeah, It's not like we're just, you know, tapping somebody on the shoulder and like, hey, I saw this. You're doing that <laughs> or whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that, there, that there is... Um, my husband always says I had to spend some relationship capital, you know, whenever he has to tell somebody a hard thing. But the idea is that you're constantly building up that relationship capital. um, Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you have to spend it because like you said, when you're vulnerable, when you build trust with somebody, you you've got that ability to spend a little bit of that capital and say, you know what, I'm going to say something hard that might hurt your feelings. And I'm not trying to, I love you so much. So that's why I'm going to tell you this, but you, you're right. Like it, it is, it's a hard thing. And it, and I think you're right. It needs to go in inside, come inside of that, that beautiful bounds of, mm-hmm. of a friendship. Um, yeah. 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 Such good Aww. stuff, Emma. Being with you never fails to refresh me. I just feel so refreshed. It's, Same. Ah, uh, like my, I I wish I could smile bigger because I feel like <laughs> smiling bigger, but my face just won't move that wide. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's okay. I've got an incredibly large mouth, so I'll just smile extra for you. <laughs> cool. Cool. Uh, well, it has been such a joy, Emma, just to talk with you. Um, and to talk about this verse, I feel like yeah. um, you just have such great insight. And so thank you for sharing with us. And and I just feel like the, the words of scripture just kind of roll off your tongue. And there's just such a there's such a, a wisdom in that that is, is just really beautiful. So I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you were able to share with our guests. And um, for those of you who didn't listen to our previous episode, you should go back and listen um, and, you know, just find out what Emma's doing. She just wrote a book. It's coming out this month. Um, in that episode, I talk about how I'm going through uh, her book with my own teenage daughters. Um, so it just so much, so much there. Um, and we just have really appreciated it, Emma. And I hope someday I get to see you again in person. I know. It would be so fun. I hope it happens <laughs> sooner than later because I miss you. Oh, awesome. <laughs> me too. Me too. All right. Well, thanks, Emma. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. 
Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.